Andrew Womack Ministries presents this message titled, Daily Devotional Prayer. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. Praise the Lord. On this tape, we are going to talk about devotional prayer, a daily devotional prayer. And this is the conclusion of a series on prayer. There's a number of tapes in this series where we've already dealt with subjects like the importance of prayer, talking about what the number one purpose of it is, and uh, all of these things that we've already talked about must be in place uh, to really make a daily time of prayer with God productive. It is not just getting in a position or in a place, going through some ritual that is going to produce. It's got to be done properly, and one of the points that I was really stressed and emphasized over and over is that there needs to be a combination of things. So I say this simply to say that whoever uh, gets this tape, there you may benefit from it by just listening to this tape, but the only way it's going to be really productive is if you take all of the teaching and combine it together. And of course, there's a lot more on the subject of prayer than what I've been able to give. There, It's an inexhaustive subject, and I'm still learning on it in my uh, own life, and so I certainly don't have all of the answers. But what I have learned has certainly made my life productive. I've seen a lot of answers to prayer, and I'm still growing. I'm green and growing. I'm not uh, calcified yet, but I do believe that what I have obtained unto has helped me, and so I've passed it along just for that same benefit to other people. But I really do encourage you that you uh, listen to this other teaching and take those things and then implement this daily time of prayer with the Lord. Now, first of all, I'd like to establish the need for a daily devotional time where it consists of prayer and other things. And a lot of what I'll be saying on this tape uh, certainly will be backed up by scriptures. I'll be using scriptures and scriptural examples of people. But a lot of this actually is just kind of practical application of some of these things. You cannot say authoritatively from the scripture that you must have a daily devotional time. Now you can say from the scriptures, there's lots of scriptures that talk about that we are supposed to meditate in the word of God day and night, that we're supposed to give ourselves wholly to these things, that we're supposed to seek the Lord with all of our heart. And through things like that, you could say that you have to be seeking the Lord constantly to really prosper and to see the uh, things of God go forward in your life the way that God would desire. And so you can make that statement, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a daily devotional time. It could be just a, a time of seeking the Lord. Uh, all day long, depending on what your occupation is and what you're doing. I know that when I first got really turned on to the Lord and God supernaturally intervened in my life, I was attending college. And I wasn't working, but I was a full-time student. But I got so turned on to the Lord that I didn't make classes for two and a half months. And I got to where I spent all of my time either fellowshipping with people about the Lord in prayer meetings, studying the Word, or out knocking on doors and witnessing to people. And during part of that time, I spent 16 hours a day studying the Word and praying. And I'd do this week after week and month after month. Now, in a situation like that, when I was spending 16 hours a day studying the Word, it would have uh, been ridiculous, I think, to be to a place where I... 
I would feel like, oh man, I missed it somewhere. I haven't had my daily devotional time with the Lord. Now, if you're spending 16 hours a day studying the Word, I don't think that you need a daily devotional time. Your whole day is devoted to it. And again, this can vary according to certain people, like um, uh, a housewife may be in a situation where she doesn't have any children or all of her children are gone or something. There are very minimal demands. And she could spend a large section of time, say, for instance, just seek the Lord uh, for three or four hours in the morning and spend that time in intercession and prayer. And it may not be real structured. It may not fit exactly what we're going to be saying some things about this devotional time um, on this tape. And yet, I believe that if you're doing that and if you're doing it on a consistent basis, I believe that you can be fulfilling the need that a daily devotional time would. But really, the, the teaching on this tape is going to concern people who, say for instance, have a family, have a lot of demands on their times, maybe they are out working and they're gone at least eight hours, maybe counting drive time and some other things, you could be gone ten hours or something like that a day. And there's a lot of demands on your time when you come home, there's family time, there's uh, children that need to be taken to this event and to that event, there's church things to go to. And in a situation like that where you really do have a lot of demands on your time, I believe that setting aside a daily devotional time can be tremendously beneficial. And again, I can't point you to a chapter and verse that says that you must do it. It depends a lot on your lifestyle, etc. But I would say that it's wisdom I've found in my own practical experience that it has been a tremendous blessing to me because I'm no longer single. I'm married. I have two children. I'm on the road, I travel, I uh, do a lot of things, and I tell you, I have found that setting aside a daily time where I spend time with the Lord and discipline myself and just make it something that is not optional that I do it, it has proven to be a tremendous blessing in my life. And again, I got part of this from other people that I've seen who were mightily used of God, people who had a real close walk with the Lord, people that I admired and I could see the presence of God in their life. And uh, I looked at them, and nearly invariably, I can't really think of a single person I've admired like that who hasn't talked about just disciplining themselves and spending some time on a daily basis, just making a commitment to do it, uh, what I'm calling a devotional time. Nearly every person I can think of that has really succeeded and I look up to and have tried to emulate has had that as one of the parts of their life and so again a lot of this is practical wisdom I can say from scripture we are supposed to seek the Lord constantly etc it needs to be on a daily basis but I can't always say it must be a devotional time a specific time like early in the morning at night or something like that so a lot of this uh, on the need for a devotional time I believe is just practical application, things that are working in my life, and you'll have to take it and apply it to your life. I would like to say this, though. I have seen some people get concerned about seeking the Lord and realize that they need to seek the Lord and meditate in His Word day and night, and so they have the desire to do it, but they don't ever make a deliberate plan. And so it just, the desire is there, but they lack the vehicle, the plan to get it accomplished. And I've seen a lot of people just wind up frustrated and eventually that desire will wane and you'll lose it and you'll go right back into the situation you were in before. It has helped me to make it just like an appointment. 
I know that there's one minister, a friend of mine, who teaches this, and he says he calls it making an appointment with God. Because if you make an appointment with a person, you know, if you talk to one of your friends and say, well, I've, I, we ought to get together sometime. I don't know how many times I've said that, and yet I see them a year later, and we still ought to get together sometime. We've never made it because we just never planned anything. We just never made an appointment, wrote it on a calendar, and decided we are going to do it. And so I've learned in my personal relationships with people that when I really feel that I should be fellowshipping with somebody, instead of just leaving it in the air and when we get a convenient time, we'll just do it. I've learned to make a commitment and say, no, let's just plan it. And if something else comes up, we're going to already have this written on our calendar. I mean, we are committed to it. I found that by doing that, I have been able to fellowship with some people I really felt I needed to that otherwise wouldn't have happened. It's a good discipline. I can't show you a chapter and verse that says you have to do that, but I've definitely seen that that's the way that it works in my life, and it's been a productive thing. Now, somebody else may not be that way. They may not uh, have a lot to do. They may not have many demands on their time, and they just it seems that they can work things out. But for a busy person, that's simply not the way it works the majority of the time, and making an appointment helps. Well, you could look at this devotional time like making an appointment with God. Just saying that you recognize that when you spend time in the Word, when you spend time in prayer, that God blesses you, that things go much better, you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, and, and all of the benefits that we've already dealt with and talked about through prayer. When you recognize that and you say, man, I need to be doing this on a daily basis, the desire is there. I think it helps when you make it like an appointment, when you make it an official thing that this is the way it's going to be. When you get a structure to where you say that at a certain time I am going to separate myself and start spending time with God and do it on a daily basis, it really helps you. It becomes a discipline. Now, there's some wisdom to use here because if you get over into the area where you make it a law, like, for instance, if somebody was to really be convicted through this whole series on prayer and you were convicted that, man, I need a daily time with the Lord, and if you just made an oath and swore that, man, from now on at an exact certain time I'm going to be there, come hell or high water, nothing's going to intervene. And if you make it such a binding thing upon you that, I mean, if the Lord was to lead you in a different direction or if something traumatic happened, uh, you could wind up coming under condemnation. You could wind up having Satan condemn you over not having a specific time. And I'm not talking about being that rigid. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. There's a difference between discipline and legalism. And I haven't got time. I could minister on that a long time in itself, but I just want to qualify this by saying that, yes, it needs to be definite. It needs to be something that is not just optional. It needs to be a commitment that you make, but it doesn't need to be a condemnation. It doesn't need to minister condemnation. It needs to be something that is done out of a conviction and out of discipline. You know, Jesus did not have a set time for a devotion. And I tell you, Jesus is a model. Uh, you can't see that Paul had an exact set time. You can't see that Peter had an exact time. Now, you can see some people who were mightily used of God in the Bible, like Daniel in Daniel chapter 6, that he did have a disciplined set time three times a day where he would kneel and pray. And I'm sure that probably there was some 
other things involved in that time that you could equate to a devotional time. So there are examples of discipline where there are set schedules, but at the same time, some of the greatest examples, of course, the greatest example, Jesus, some of the demands made on him, he simply could not have a disciplined time. And so I don't believe that you can say that every single person must do this, but again, I'm offering this as just a key, something that has worked in my life. I've seen many other people testify to it. I believe it is a godly principle, but I must caution and, and make sure that nobody takes this and puts it so rigid in stone that if, um, you know, the Lord was to move on you in a mighty, mighty way, and have you go do something that you would reject God's leading because you've got this commitment and you are going to do this regardless of whether God shows up and whether God's there blessing it or not. That's not what I'm talking about. And yet it needs to be a strong enough commitment that you aren't going to let the flesh stop you from meeting with God on a daily basis. So I say through all of this that I do believe that a daily devotional time is a scriptural thing. I believe that it is a godly principle that is in the Word where you meet with God on a daily basis, and I believe it's something that has tremendous benefit, and I encourage it strongly. I had a man one time minister on the subject about the difference between necessity and opportunity, and the thrust of all of this was that when you have an opportunity is when the greatest of advantage is for success. When you wait until things hit the level of necessity, then you, there's pressures on you. Lots of times time is a factor. It's a restraint upon you. There could be a lot of things. And necessity usually is the least advantageous time to get something done. And an opportunity is the most advantageous time. And then he began to liken this to the spiritual world and say that, you know, in the spiritual world, we seem to wait until things become necessities before we do it. Like, when do we really pray? When it's the greatest advantage to pray, when there's no pressure on, when everything's going great, when the blessings of God are just rolling and you could really pray in total faith? Well, it would be nice, but most people wait until the tragedy strikes, until our back is up against the wall and they pray out of desperation. Well, see, that's waiting until things become necessities before we really give place to them and, and do what we need to do. And so anyway, through all of this teaching, something that happened to me was, he says, we in our own mind need to establish some priorities and things that we just put as number one priority, we ought to elevate them to the level of a necessity and not look at them as just an opportunity. And it'll help us to follow through on that. And I took that teaching and I applied it directly to this devotional time. I knew that a devotional time was definitely a priority. I felt impressed of God. I knew the benefit of it. I'd done it, but I wasn't real consistent with it. And all of a sudden, I just put it up to the level of a necessity. It no longer was an option. It was no longer something I just desired to do, but I made a commitment, not the kind of commitment that ministered great condemnation if I ever missed it, but I made a commitment that this was a necessity in my life and no longer would I avoid it. I even gotten to where I many times will plan for it. I get up early in the morning is when I have my devotional time, and as a result, I many times will uh, plan things around it. I'll go out of my way to keep from being up late or something that's going to affect that. And so I have elevated it to the level of a necessity, and that's what I would really encourage people to do is just to see this as something that is not optional. It is a necessity, and that you make a commitment to it and establish a daily time where you meet with the Lord. 
Now, when it comes to talking about what time is best, I've heard people discuss this before, and I've heard some people actually take scriptures and preach that you must meet with God in the morning. That's what the Word of God said, etc. Well, now, there are a lot of scriptures that talk about rising up early in the morning and meeting with the Lord, and um, I believe that there is benefit from that. It certainly can be an instruction, but you can't say that that has to be the time that a person establishes their devotional time. For instance, in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, you see that where Daniel, he was a man who was disciplined, and he had this set uh, time where he met with God every day. And in Daniel 6.10, it says that he would pray at morning, noon, and night. There was three times a day. I mean, if you were going to take some scriptures, you could actually teach that a person has to have a devotion three times a day. The tradition among the Jews was that there was three times a day where they meant for prayer. At uh, early in the morning, just about daybreak, and then at noon, and then three o'clock in the afternoon. And that was the Jewish tradition that was prevalent during the days of Jesus, according to Josephus and some of the other historians in those days. And so really, if you were to take some of these scriptures and just apply them in a total literal way and say that this is the way it must be, I believe you could actually preach that you had to have devotions at least three times a day. And so I don't think that that's what it's saying. I think it's great. If you can discipline yourself and if you can pray morning, noon, and night exactly the way that Daniel did, praise God, I don't believe you can overdo this. But I do believe that you need that set time. Dwight L. Moody, who is a man that I've admired, and he did some tremendous things. Dwight L. Moody had a, a pattern to where he would go and work and minister to people, study and do things like this in the morning. And then from 12 o'clock to 1245 at noon is when he had a time of just prayer where he was shut up and he sought and uh, the Lord. And that's the way that he established his time. I can't say exactly from the scripture that you must do it at a certain time, but I can say that there is benefit to setting a time, whatever it fits your schedule, and uh, implementing it and elevating it to this level of a necessity. Let me share some scriptures with you. In Psalms chapter 55 and verse 17, the scripture there says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. There again is David speaking, and he says, Evening, morning, and at noon will he pray. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says that Peter and John went up into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And this is where they ministered healing to that man who was at the gate of the temple. So we see in Scripture here that the Jews had a specific hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour, which was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It would Because it was a religious um, nation because it was like a theocracy where religion ruled it was a church state type of thing well the it was similar to what we see today with uh, in some uh, cities like in Mexico where they have a siesta time and everything just shuts down a certain period of time in the afternoon and they do it for rest well this was a time where the whole nation uh, revolved around uh, the Jewish religion and they had a specific time in the afternoon where people would gather for pray to pray. And uh, it was a discipline, and I believe it was a good thing. It says that in Acts chapter 10, verse 3, that Cornelius was praying, and it specifically mentions that he was praying at the ninth hour. It doesn't say that this was his hour of prayer, but it mentions two different times in that chapter that Cornelius was praying at the ninth hour. And... Um, 
that his prayers were heard and they came up before God. It's very possible that he was observing this same thing that the Jews did and he was praying on a disciplined basis during this ninth hour. In Acts chapter 10 verse 9 it says that Peter was praying at the sixth hour. It doesn't say that this was a set time that he had on every single day, but this day he set aside and at the sixth hour he was praying specifically in prayer and uh, fellowship with the Lord. In Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, it says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. There's a scripture emphasizing praying in the morning, and it's, and it's implied that it's on a regular basis. In Psalms chapter 88, verse 13, it says, And in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. In Psalms 143, verse 8, it says, Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. And on and on you could go. There's a lot of scripture. So I think that through this, what I can emphatically say is that there should be a disciplined time. But it varies. Some people, we saw that it was three times a day. We see the Jewish tradition that prevailed in Jesus' day, which Peter and John adhered to in Acts chapter 3, was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We can see that uh, there are scriptures that talk about seeking the Lord early in the morning. So what we can say is that there is no set time or no set pattern. And I may be belaboring that point, but the point that I'm trying to make through all of this is that we need to commit ourselves to prayer. We need to commit ourselves to seeking the Lord. I, need, I believe that we need to have a daily devotional time, but we've got to be sensitive to the fact that different people have different needs, that God can lead you in a different way. And you need to seek the Lord, and you need to come up with a time that will benefit you the most. Once again, when I first got married, and I started uh, having a family, before the children got big, well, they would go to bed early. And I found that at night, I was just uh, kind of what you'd call a night person. I was wide awake at night. And I would stay up at night, and I would spend a lot of time seeking the Lord and uh, praying and it was beneficial, and that really was a positive time for me. Now things have changed, and our family, because of the different things that we do, because of the children and different things, and the fact that I'm now ministering much, much more than I was, and our ministry is most of the time at night, well, therefore, I found out that for me, I can be a lot more consistent if I get up early in the morning. And I've also found out that by getting up early in the morning, it really sets the tone for the day. And so for me, really, getting up early in the morning is much more beneficial for me. And I can do that nearly any single day, uh, regardless of what my schedule is going to be like. If I get up early enough, I can still have that time where I'm praying and seeking the Lord, prepare myself for the day, and it's been tremendously beneficial. So I'm just saying that in your case, you need to pray and you need to seek the Lord and ask God. God will give you wisdom. You know, God will help you work these things out. God knows exactly what your needs are, and the Lord can share with you exactly the best time for the two of you to get together and spend time and grow and develop in this relationship. And I believe that that really needs to be stressed, that when you set a time, you need to be sensitive to God and recognize that there is no one formula that's going to work for everybody. You need to get some wisdom in your own individual case. Also, I'd like to say that concerning the length of the time that you set, that, again, there is no scriptural precedent that says you must do something an exact length of time. Now, there are teachings out, and, for instance, uh, one of the things I'll be mentioning later 
Dr. Larry Lee, Church on the Rock, a church that has made a tremendous impact in the last few years in this area of prayer, teaches about uh, could you not tarry one hour and bases that on the scripture where Jesus spoke to his disciples while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he really emphasizes that we need to pray a single hour every day. And he has a method based on the Lord's Prayer that he uses. I'm not critical of that. And I, matter of fact, I've been through that exact same study. I've used that. I've implemented some of those things in my life, and I am not critical of it at all. But I'm just saying that you cannot make a ritual or a law out of it. That specific in- instance that was being spoken of where the Lord spoke to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was praying right before the soldiers came and took him, that scripture does not say that this has to be a daily devotional thing that you pray one hour with the Lord every day. Now, I believe it's great, and if you can pray an hour a day, I think that's great. You ought to do it. If you can pray two hours a day, I think that's great. You ought to do it. If you could spend eight hours a day in prayer without neglecting your responsibilities to your family or to your work or to other things, well, then praise God. I think you ought to do it. I am not against it, but I'm just saying that it would be wrong for me to take something that, say, for instance, if I spend four hours a day in prayer and Bible study, and if I was to teach this and say, you must do it this way, I'd be wrong in doing that. And I'm not saying it's been taught that way, but I feel that sometimes people take it and they say that, well, it's got to be an hour. I would like to encourage you to pray, and and once again, just in honesty before the Lord, you know, search your heart and find out what you can do in faith. How much time you think you can really spend in faith without it becoming a laborious thing for you in your prayer and devotional time. Now, I am not advocating that people just start spending five minutes and, and uh, in a sense, tip God and salve their conscience and go on their way. That's not what I'm saying. I believe that most of the people who are listening to this tape have gone through this series. There is a desire there to build relationship and spend time with God. And I believe that most of you are willing to make it some quantity as well as quality time. And so that's great. But I'm just putting a warning in here that sometimes we try and uh, just jump immediately into, say, like an hour's time with the Lord. And if you haven't really grown in your relationship with the Lord, if you haven't ever spent much time in the presence of the Lord, it can get to where that just seems like it's forever, and it could be a negative thing that makes your entire devotional time a total negative that after a while you'll become frustrated and you wind up laying the thing aside. I would rather see people make a decision to say, well, I'm going to spend 15 minutes I'm just going to start with 15 minutes, and I'm going to spend 15 minutes praying and seeking the Lord, having this devotional time, and I'm going to do it every single day. And even though I advocate more time than 15 minutes, if you started there, I believe that you would have such a positive experience that it would become a plus that you would enjoy it and you would desire to increase it. And then you maybe jump up to 30 minutes, and then by the time you get to an hour, instead of it being something you're doing out of duty or out of debt, it would be something that you've grown into. See, prayer is a relationship with God. Prayer is not just one-sided where we speak to God and there is no response on His part. It must be a two-way street. It's actually relationship. And relationships take time to build, even with God. 
Not the fact that God is slow to get to know us. God knows all about us. But it takes time for us to renew our mind, to get comfortable in his presence, to get to where we, we know how to communicate with him, etc. And so I'm saying that we would be better off to set a realistic goal that we know we can meet, that we are not going to be frustrated or condemned about, and make it a pr productive, positive time. And then as you do that, then you can be always begin to expand it and you can increase the length of time, but it will be done in a positive way that encourages instead of discourages. And so I really would encourage you to pray about it and just set a time that is realistic. Uh, if you decide to get up early in the morning or something, you may think, well, boy, I don't have enough time. It's worth the effort to maybe get up a little early and, and spend this time. Even if it's only that 15 minutes, you'll find out that it will impact your entire day and make a positive effect on you throughout the day. And so you need to establish a time of day, which again, in my case, which I'm not preaching this for everybody, but in my case, I found that the morning is really a very productive time for me. I'm fresh. Uh, I believe that this is another criteria that you ought to use on setting the time you need to find a time that you're fresh like for instance if you do uh, start trying to spend a certain amount of time in the evening with the Lord if you've had a hard day you can come into that thing and be so totally worn out that when you close your eyes if you start to close your eyes and pray that you fall asleep every time and it becomes a frustrating thing and I think in a situation like that you'd be better off to go to sleep and get up early in the morning and but when I get up early in the morning I'm fresh I'm alert, and one of the main things, the biggest reason that I do it early in the morning is because early in the morning, nobody else at my house gets up real early, uh, and so I can get up early, and I can consistently know that I'm going to have a totally quiet time without other interruptions. I can't say that in the evening or during the day or any other time because my schedule varies so much. So the morning is really good because I'm alert. And because it's a time that there are no interruptions, and also it's a time that prepares me for the rest of the day. So that's my personal preference. It may be different from some other people, but you need to have those same elements there. You need to be alert, you need to be fresh, and you need to have a time where there will not be interruptions. Because I promise you that if you just... Uh, start into this and if you don't have anything in place if you haven't thought it out satan is going to throw all kinds of interruptions at you because the devil will try and stop this personal devotional time with the lord so there needs to be a plan in place if you have to take your phone off the hook if you have to do it if you have to tell your kids that look we're going to spend a certain time with the lord well then do it but my wife, the way that she established her personal time with the Lord was that she had the children take a nap every afternoon, which was good for them. And those of you with young children know that, boy, they get tired and sometimes they'll get grippy or irritable if they don't take a nap. So she just had them take a nap every day. And during that period of time, she would refuse to do housework or to do anything. She just disciplined herself that while they were down and while there was no interruptions, that she took that time to pray and to study the Word. And so in the middle of the afternoon was a good time for her, and it worked out real good. There can be a lot of variations, but you need to have these elements in it, that you don't have interruptions, that you're alert, and uh, it needs to have at least some of these basic structures in it. I'd also like to suggest that this devotional time not be only a time of prayer, but that you incorporate with it some Bible study. And 
some people may think, well, wait a minute, I need a daily devotional time of prayer. I believe that in a devotional time, something that you do on a daily basis seeking the Lord, that you really need to mix uh, some study with, of the Word in there with it to make your prayers effective. The Bible says that when you pray, you've got to pray in faith. Out of James chapter 1, let him ask in faith. Nothing wavers, wavering, because if you waver, you're like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So prayer must be done in faith. It, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, what it says in Romans 10, 17. As you study the Word, the Word will build faith in you to make your prayers effective. I believe that they need to be coupled together. I also had a teaching earlier in this series about right and wrong praying. And a lot of what people call prayer is not Bible prayer at all. It actually could be griping and complaining. I've mentioned this, I won't go into detail, but many times we get to where we take prayer and we use it in a negative way. We may say it's prayer, but it's really not prayer based on the Word. We just are complaining about our situations. I'm sure all of us at one time or another have gone before the Lord and just belly ached, complained. I've even seen people that have taken uh, what they call prayer and used it as an opportunity to pray against people, etc., etc., etc. Now, if you do that, your devotional time is not going to be productive. You'll actually have God start leading you away from that, trying to shut it down, because he doesn't want you cursing people in your prayers. He doesn't want you griping and complaining, because you can become very negative through that and actually be worse off for it. So it's got to be the right kind of prayer. And the Word of God is a balance to your prayer. The Word of God, if you will study it, along with your prayer, you'll find out that, say, for instance, if you were praying in a wrong way, that as you study the Word, it'll bring those things to light. And so it's a check and balance system. The Word gives you the faith that you need to make your prayer time effective. Also, it will balance you so that if you begin to get off into error, if you start doing something that's wrong you, as you study the Word, God can show you those things as you study the Word. I've also found that many, many times I will get up early in the morning and I don't have anything specific to pray about. Maybe there aren't any urgent needs or anything and I kind of lack, I lack direction. I don't know exactly what to pray for. And as I study the Word, the Lord will just speak something to me. I'll be reading something and all of a sudden through the Word, God will speak to me and He will really just ignite something in my heart. And then as I begin to pray, I've got a direction. There's something to pray about. The Lord was speaking to me and I start praying along those lines. If it was intercession for somebody, if I see somebody who operated as an intercessor in the Bible and I see tremendous things, all of a sudden, boy, it just puts a desire in my heart to intercede and, and it leads me into that way. So I find that through Bible study, many times I'm led into what to pray for. So I really suggest that during a devotional time that it not be just prayer only, but that there be a balance between Bible study and prayer. I've read a number of books and personal testimonies on the subject of prayer, some people that were totally characterized by it. And I mean, they were, uh, that was their ministry was prayer. And I've gotten some good things out of it. And I remember in studying one of these examples that a man said towards the end of his life, he was like 70 or 80 years old, and after an entire life of praying and seeing tremendous results came out, come out of it, I heard this man say 
that if he had it to do all over again, that he would have spent more time in Bible study and not as much time in prayer. And he wasn't saying that by any means to discredit prayer because that was his whole life, it was his whole ministry, but he was simply saying that he began to realize that uh, through the Word and through the study of the Word, it made his prayer more effective. He could have been more effective, maybe with a little less amount of time in prayer, but praying more the will of God, praying more perfectly based on God's Word. So I really suggest that in this devotional time, make sure that you mix study of the Word with prayer. And if you'll do that, I believe that it will keep you from... Uh, making some mistakes in your prayer life, it will give you motivation and inspiration many times for your prayer, and it certainly will provide the faith that is necessary to make your prayer time effective. When we start talking about actually how do you do it, what is the format? How do you go in to a devotional time? How much Bible study? How much prayer? How do you pray? Which forms of prayer? And as we start talking about some of these things, I just want to once again caution that uh, in Matthew chapter 6, where the Bible teaches, Jesus was teaching about the Lord's Prayer, and he gave the what people call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and it begins to say, Our Father which art in heaven, etc. Right prior to that, he was saying that when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, because they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And the Lord gave a warning there about setting rituals down. I really believe this is my personal definition of a ritual. A ritual is any form that doesn't have God in it. And it doesn't matter if it is a godly form. In other words, if it was a form that at one time was productive, but if God is no longer in it, then it has become a ritual, and those things can hinder uh, us receiving from God and being sensitive to God, flowing with God. I don't think that it's wise to say that your devotional time has to be this way, this way, this way, and this way. I think that there are some guidelines. I'm fixing to give some of those. But again, there needs this needs to be adapted to each individual's life. Again, I say that I've taken this teaching on about praying one hour, could you not tarry one hour, and I've implemented a lot of that in my life. I've prayed it. I've gone through all of those signposts and different things, I'd encourage people listening to this tape and who are needing more ministry on prayer, I'd, I'd recommend that teaching because it's good and there's nothing wrong with it. But I've seen people who didn't receive this teaching in the proper way and they made a ritual out of it. They made a commitment that for every day for the rest of their life, this is exactly the way that they were going to pray and they didn't have any of the variety in it that we discussed on a previous tape. They weren't sensitive to the leadership of the Lord. And they got so structured that after a period of time, it may have benefited them at first, but after a period of time, God tried to lead them into some new things, into a different area. And I've seen people that just were, no, they were stuck with this structure. And after a period of time, some people have been discouraged, depressed. And because this didn't work, they had so much hope set in this one thing. And because it didn't satisfy them over a prolonged period of time, they actually wind up giving up on prayer and back off. And, and that's not good. 
That's not what Larry Lee intended when he taught this. I'm sure that there are things that he says at times that have countered this and have tried to put it in a proper perspective. All I'm saying is that you cannot take anybody's system, I don't care if it's mine or if it's his or if it's anybody else's, and make it such a rigid thing and such a, a structured thing that it has to be this way because as sure as you do that, God is going to lead you into some other method. He's going to lead you into some new areas. There needs to be that variety and that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So the things that I'm saying here, I'm simply offering is this is what's worked for me. For somebody that has no specific leading of the Lord, I think that you could head in this direction. And I think that it could get you started. It could get you going in your relationship with the Lord in this personal devotional time. But don't make an institution out of it and, and build walls around it and say this is exactly the way it's going to be because God will lead you and give you specifics. In my personal devotional time, uh, there is some variation. I can't say the way that it always works because I'm trying to implement the exact same thing I've been encouraging other people to, to do, and it is not so structured that it is always the same. But there are some basic principles that I use in a devotional time with the Lord that are, that are very consistent, and it usually works this way, and so I'll offer this to you. Once again, I use early in the morning as the time that I spend in devotion with the Lord. And this can vary uh, some, but I really am pretty strict on enforcing this. When I'm out holding a meeting someplace, this can vary because sometimes I'll stay up like this past week. I was holding a series of meetings, and I stayed up till one thirty one night and 1 o'clock another night. And if I do that over two or three days period of time, I actually... And if I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm actually going to limit my effectiveness ministering because I believe God intends for you to take care of your body and get in a certain amount of sleep. So in a situation like that, when I'm out on the road, I won't get up at 5 o'clock necessarily. Sometimes I do, but not necessarily the next morning because I don't have to. I don't have to meet the schedule of getting up and getting the kids ready and taking them to school and doing some of these things because I'm usually by myself in a motel. So if I've stayed up real late the night before, I'll sleep a little bit later, and as a result, I can get up, and because I am in the motel, I can still have that devotional time with the Lord simply at a different time. I feel no condemnation, no guilt, no problem with that, and I believe that this needs to be said that way because I could get totally condemned and make myself get up, wear myself out, and I don't believe that that's God's intention at all. But when I am home, it's something that I discipline myself with. Even though sometimes I'm tired, I still get up, as a general rule, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I begin my devotional time then. During this devotional time, uh, here's the way that I normally go through it. And again, I'm offering this not as something that a person takes and says, this is the way it's got to be for you. I'm simply offering this as maybe an, a suggestion for somebody who hasn't already got from the Lord a specific way of spending time with the Lord. This really is just a testimony type of thing that you can pick and choose from and apply it as God would direct you. So I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then I'll the first thing that I normally do, again, there's some variation in this, but normally, the first thing that I'll do is begin to worship the Lord and praise Him, begin to sing unto the Lord. 
uh, right at the time I'm making this tape, we are presently living in a rent house in an effort to try and build our own house. And the rent house that we live in is very, very small. And if I was to sing out loud or to get out my guitar and sing and worship that way, I'd probably wake up everybody in the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, so I don't do that. The place that we lived in prior to this, I could go downstairs in the basement and sing and worship the Lord, and I really enjoyed that. And so here's an adaptation to the situation I'm in. I used to get out the guitar and just sing and worship the Lord, and it was really beneficial, and I enjoyed it. Now I'm in a situation where I can't do that, and so I just do it making melody in my heart. Like the scripture says, I believe in Ephesians chapter 5. And I still believe that it's beneficial. I believe that it blesses God and it blesses me. But if I had my druthers, I'd be out singing out loud and playing my guitar and worshiping the Lord. But I begin with some praise. And there's reasons for that. It uh, blesses me. It helps me. Many times when you wake up in the morning, you uh, need a little bit to get you going. And praise and worship will immediately draw you out of that drowsiness. It will begin to start making you God-conscious. It will take your attention off of all that you need to do that day. Again, your mind will play tricks with you. Satan will try and get you occupied thinking about everything you've got to do that day. Praise will put your attention upon God. In Psalms 100, I've already ministered this on our praise tape, and I'm not going to go back through all of it. I just want to briefly mention that it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And so I believe that that's a scriptural thing to do and to begin. Again, it's not set in concrete. Sometimes I get up and, boy, I just have a hunger to get into the Word. And if I really desire it, and I mean if it's a godly type of desire, I just will go ahead and do it. And then I'll adjust it and, and operate in a lot of praise later on or something. But normally speaking, I begin with praise and worship. It prepares me. It ministers to me. It builds me up. And at the same time, it blesses the Lord, which I could refer back to the first teaching that we made in this series about what is the real purpose of prayer. The real purpose of prayer is not just to ask and receive. It's not to get things. It's not to intercede for others. The number one purpose of prayer, and this ought to apply specifically in your devotional time, the number one purpose of prayer is just to spend time with God, to come to know him, to minister unto him, to be a blessing unto him, to minister and bless his holy name. Praise certainly does that. And so normally I'll start off this devotional time with praise to the Lord. And then I include Bible study in there, as I've already mentioned. I have a systematic way that I read through the Bible. I've got this book that I use. And uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because this is really kind of off the subject. I'm just bringing it in once again to make this point about prayer needs to be balanced with Bible study. And in the morning, I will use this systematic way of studying the Word. During the day, I'll study the Word on something that maybe I saw in my morning devotional time or something that I've prayed about or something I've thought about or I'm studying to uh, for some of the materials that I'm writing etc. I do more detailed study at other time, but in the morning it's basically just a systematic reading through the Word. I've got a system to where I read through the Bible twice every year and through parts of it, the Psalms, Proverbs, and the Gospels four times every year. And that's the way that I've been doing it for the last three years. Uh, personally, it has been a tremendous benefit, but again, I'm adjusting and learning, and in my personal life, I've finally come to the conclusion that it's going to be better for me, and this is something I'm implementing uh, when I finish this next 
uh, reading through the scriptures, and I'll be implementing this, and it's a change that I'm making, but I'm going to start just reading through the Bible once every year and through these selected parts twice. And the reason for that is that sometimes I got so busy studying the Word that actually there were things that were on my heart that I wanted to pray for, etc., that I didn't have time. I was spending so much time through this systematic Bible study that I personally believe it would benefit me more. I'd get more out of the study of the Word by reading through it one time each year rather than twice each year. But I do have that Bible study time. When I read through twice, it takes me approximately 45 minutes to an hour just to read through this certain amount of scriptures that I use. When I read through it once, it'll lessen it to about uh, 20 to 30 minutes that I'll be spending in Bible study during this devotional time. And then after that, I get into prayer. And the way that I personally have been applying this during the last year that we've been living in this rent house where I'm limited in my ability to pray, I like to pray out loud. And I think that this got started because when I first got really turned on to the Lord and started spending lots of times in prayer, I was praying sometimes late at night, and I found that when I just closed my eyes and prayed that I had to fight drowsiness, etc., I found scriptures that talked about uh, speaking out loud. One of them we've already quoted out of Psalms chapter 5, where it says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O, o Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and we'll look up. And, of course, there's many others. And I found out that it's scriptural to pray out loud. Now, it's also scriptural to just pray in your heart. And you can see that in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 13, where it was talking about Hannah, and she was praying for a child, and she was moving her lips, but there was no sound heard. And it turned out that she was praying and asking God for a child. She was barren. God answered her prayer, gave her Samuel, who became a tremendous man of God in the Scriptures. And so there we can see examples of both. You don't have to pray out loud, but I found that it really helped me. Because when you pray out loud, you have to get your thoughts more organized. When you think, sometimes you don't think things through completely, etc. But when you're speaking, you find out that, boy, you are, you're crystallizing your thoughts and uh, your attention is more stayed upon it. It kept me more alert. It kept me from being drowsy if it was late in the day or sometime like that. And so I just developed a habit of praying out loud. It's not wrong. It's not right. It's just the way that I do it. I also developed a habit of walking while I pray. And if I'm in a situation where I can, where nobody's going to be looking at me and criticizing me, or if I'm in a situation where I'm by myself, whatever, I will normally walk and pray. And, um, again, I don't know that that's scriptural or unscriptural. It's just a, a way that I've done it. And so in the situation that we live in right now, because of the family, and I'd be waking them up early in the morning, uh, I have a 30-minute drive that during the about six months of the year I need to go feed my horses. It's a 30-minute drive one way. And I have taken this time, after I've entered in and started praising the Lord and spent maybe 15 or 20 minutes doing that, and then I spend approximately 30 minutes to an hour studying the Word, I'll get up, and it's, and it's still uh, somewhere around 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'll get up and drive out to the property feed the horses and come back. It's about an hour and 15 minutes round trip by the time I do all of that. And I spend that time just praising the Lord, operating in intercession, uh, prayer. There are some exceptions where I might possibly take a tape 
and allow something to minister to me. And I, I've done that, and it's been a blessing to me on certain occasions. But uh, I wouldn't encourage that on a regular basis because you can get to where your devotional time isn't personal time spent with God, but rather it's spent kind of on a third-person basis. Somebody else is telling you about God. The reason that this has been beneficial to me on occasion is because sometimes I get discouraged, not to the point of totally quitting or anything like that, but I mean sometimes it just seems like I'm lacking the motivation myself, and when I discern that, man, I'll take somebody's tape who I know is hearing from God and who I really believe God is speaking through, and I'll plug that into my car as I'm driving, listen to that, and it'll build me up and edify me and minister to me, and, and it helps me get back on track. So I use some things like that, but I don't do that very often, and I really want to encourage you not to make that a regular thing because, again, this devotional time needs to be personal relationship with the Lord. I would only do that if I felt like I was in need of it. I certainly wouldn't do it on a regular basis. But normally I'll be driving out there and I'll worship the Lord. I use this to intercede for people, uh, to intercede for our ministry, to intercede for my family. I go through a system where I uh, uh, praise God specifically for the good things that he's doing. Like this morning when I was driving out to the property, I remember that I was. Uh, it's, it may be easier for me to do in my situation than for some people if you're driving through city traffic or something. But in my situation, I'm driving out there on these mountain roads and seeing the beautiful country. And I mean, it's right about sunrise. And it is just easy for me to begin to start praising God for his creation, for the beauty of everything that he's done, and just blessing him and ministering unto him. And I'll spend quite a bit of time doing that. And then, as the Lord leads me, I'll pray over our ministry, over things that need to be done that day, asking God's wisdom, God's guidance in those things. I'll intercede for other people that I've told them I'm going to pray for them and uh, certain things that God lays on my heart. And also, I'll, I'll do a lot of this in English, but then uh, during an hour and 15 minutes worth of prayer time, there's usually enough time left that I spend quite a bit of time just praying in tongues because, as I've already discussed on that tape, it builds me up personally. It encourages me. It stirs up the gift that's on the inside. Then also I pray that God would interpret it to me. And I don't necessarily stop and interpret in English, but I pray and believe that as I'm speaking in tongues, I'm speaking forth the hidden wisdom of God. I ask God to interpret it. And many times as I'm doing that, the Lord will just start directing my thinking, and he'll put my mind on certain people. He'll start telling me certain things about them, and he'll use that to encourage me to intercede for them. The moment I feel that, I'll, I'll uh, intercede for them. And if there's something that needs to be spoken in English, if I need to take authority over the devil and rebuke him, I'll speak it in a known language, and I'll rebuke him, and I'll deal with that. Many times the Lord will just start giving me wisdom if I'm praying about, like, for instance, the ministry. God will start showing me something that I need to do, something that I need to teach on on the radio, a tape that I need to make, a place that I need to go and minister or something, and the Lord will begin to speak and give me wisdom in that area. If I'm praying for my family, the Lord will show me something that I need to do, how I need to give more attention to my wife, how it's our anniversary coming up, or it's our birthday or, uh, birthday or something, and he will direct me in certain areas. And so I spend probably half of that time during this uh, prayer time praying in tongues on a normal basis. And again, that could vary. If I had something that was pressing me and if I had some area that was just really Satan was fighting me in, I might spend the entire time praying about that one situation. 
At other times, I might spend the entire time just operating in praise and worship, and there's nothing wrong with that. There needs to be some variation in it. But as I've already mentioned on the previous tape, it really is beneficial if you combine all forms of prayer and at least make the attempt to begin to start mixing these forms of prayer. Make sure that you minister unto the Lord. That is the number one purpose of prayer. And you can do that through thanksgiving. You can do it through worship, through singing. And make sure that that is a priority in prayer. In everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so do that and, and try and make that a normal part of your prayer and devotional time with the Lord. And then if you have any petitions, if there's anything that you need, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Make sure that you petition the Lord and ask those things with thanksgiving. Make sure that you're interceding for people, specifically your family. I think that that ought to be done on a daily basis. And again, it could vary. Sometimes if, you, if the Lord zeroes you in and shows you that you need to spend a lot of time praying with your family, that might dominate the vast majority of the prayer time. Other times, it may be something that you just hit for a minute or two. You pray about it. You thank the Lord for it. You bind Satan over your health and over uh, coming against your children, against your wife, and, and things like that. It may be something you spend just a few moments on. But it needs to be done. And I would make sure that petition and then intercession is a part of that prayer time. Again, praise and worship. I believe you should start with it, end with it, intersperse it all through there, and you ought to be constantly praising God. Every time you make a request known, it should be made known with thanksgiving. And then personally, I minister uh, and build myself up through praying in tongues nearly every single time I'm in prayer. I spend a lot of time doing that, and I believe that that's where a lot of revelation comes from. And again, if anybody missed this, I refer you back to the teaching about the prayer of tongues, and, and we have some tapes entitled Why Speak in Tongues, and it talks about how you can receive interpretation of it, receive revelation knowledge through it, how it builds yourself up. I really encourage you to do that on a daily basis. And then during the rest of the day, after this specific devotional time is over, during the rest of the day, I believe that the vast majority of your communication with God under a normal circumstance, again, if there was pressures on you or something that you were specifically praying about, it could all vary. But under normal circumstance, the rest of your time with the Lord will, will consist to a large degree of this prayer of meditation that we've already talked about to where you're just keeping your mind stayed on God. Maybe thinking about a scripture that you read that morning and it sets a tone for all day. I know that I've done this on some occasions. As I read the Word, I'll just ask the Lord to speak one thing to me that's going to prepare me for the day and that I can keep my mind stayed on and it'll really set a tone. And I know that I've, ha I've done that on occasions and the Lord will speak a scripture to me sometimes like out of Psalms. Take a passage of scripture and it set the tone for all day and through uh, the day if a pressure, if a problem comes against me immediately that scripture comes back to my mind and it just fits that situation perfectly. I mean God prepared me for the things that were going to happen. It's just like he led me very specifically to a certain scripture. And so you can meditate on that scripture all day long and you can pray that way. And then you operate in this praise, just thanksgiving unto God continually. I believe that that will dominate the vast majority of your other time with the Lord during the day. 
Again, I'd like to say this about a devotional time, that even though I'm stressing it, I'm encouraging it, I'm giving these things not to be restrictive or to say you've got to do it this way, but as I said, it's more like a testimony, and I'm just trying to encourage people to take it and apply it and seek God's wisdom, but get started in that direction. Even though I'm stressing this devotional time, this is not all that there is to seeking the Lord. It's just a part of it. If a person begins to take 30 minutes and you spend 30 minutes with the Lord on a daily basis, but then you go to work and you totally unplug from God and get into the world and into all of the things and you, you uh, tell the off-color jokes with the people at your office, you do things that are inconsistent with the time you spent with the Lord and you don't keep your mind stayed on God until the next day and then you try and come back and have a devotional time with the Lord. It may have some impact on your life, but it's going to be minimal. This is not a substitute for keeping your mind and stayed on God continually and living for the Lord every single moment of the day. But it's simply an aid, a help along the way, a specific time where you separate the world, you focus your attention in on the Lord, and you're able to have a quality relationship that maybe you aren't at other times during the day. So once again, I offer all of this information to you as simply something that the Lord has done in my life. I ask you to pray about it. There is much, much more. Let God speak to you and apply this directly in your personal situation. We hope that your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. Remember, Andrew Womack Ministries operates a helpline that you can call for prayer and information at 719-635-1111. We have a ministry website at www.awmi.net, and you can write the ministry at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you will reach out by faith and receive everything that is yours through God's grace.